Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Hey! Today, um, got a great show for you today. We are talking about finding your self-worth. Finding somewhere deeply rooted inside you where you can hook on, find your value, find your worth. Something that won't change on you. Unlike James... James, should we tell him? Go for it. I think it's fine. Well, I, you tell him. Tell him about my self-worth? Your self-worth problem thing that we talked about. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you call it a problem per se. Okay, I'll tell him. Okay, fine. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to just wear a little bling. And James is one of those. Wonder, And you look good. Thank you. And uh, James thought, hey, if a little bling works... A lot of bling. Works even better. Works even better. Yeah. And then tell them, so you went. And got. To the bling blowout. Yeah. And you and bought all the bling. a lot of bling. A lot of bling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wore a lot of bling. Yep. Wore it for, I mean, wore it even until it turned green on your chest. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was bad bling. And then tell them about your, what your chiropractor said. Well, he said that uh, I, that if I was going to continue wearing uh, 35 to 45 pounds of bling around mm-hmm. my neck, then yeah. that would actually uh, cause yeah cause problems for my yeah. back later on. And what did, he said, work the core. Yeah. You got to work your core if you're going to carry so much bling. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing, actually. It's, it's been great. It's I funny because I, 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 I haven't noticed. Have you? Okay. Yeah. I haven't noticed that. Um, but so in the end, wearing all that bling, 40-ish pounds of bling, yeah. has it changed your sense of value and worth? Well, I think that you can actually like physically see my value and worth and like see because I have all this bling, you know, like, man, that guy is worth a lot. You know? That guy buys a lot of cheap you... jewelry. <laughs> That's what someone was saying down the hall. Really? Yeah. What? It's cheap jewelry. But I don't know if it's, I no, mean, it's I cheap. Spent... It's cheap. You can tell because your, your skin's going green where it touches your skin. See, that's actually green. a problem that I have is that I have to buy more bling to, sh- to cover that to up. To cover the green. Yeah. More bling to cover the green. That is a rap song. That is. Coming out in 2015. More bling to cover the green. It's happening, folks. That was powerful. Yeah. Hey, um, so self-worth is what we're talking about. You don't have to cover the green with your bling to get self-worth. Really? Yeah. Wow. Instead, you just dig deep inside. Okay. You find the real you. So this is like this is kind of like an intervention for me <clears throat> that I, that we're doing this show so I can you know ditch the bling and... Yeah. And find my self-worth. Part of it, it makes way too much noise on air. That's true, I guess. There's a lot of jingles, a lot of rattles. So we're doing the show for you, but we're doing it for everybody out there who feels like you need something from the outside world to uh, compensate and to build your sense of worth. It's not about your degrees, Dr. James, (laughs) and it's not about your bling. It's not about where you work. Both of which I have, by the way, a degree and bling. Yeah. So... If I give a degree in bling, that was that your bachelor's. Too. That was my bachelor's, yeah. The bling bachelor's. Um, anyway, that's what we're talking about on the show today. We've got a killer show for you today. On the show a little bit later, Al Fox will be joining us. She's known as the Tattooed Mormon. 
uh, a woman converted to the to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Before she came into the church, she had a lot of tattoos, and then she gets accepted to the, and gets baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. You know, and there's not a lot of Mormons with tattoos, and so and it's not it's kind you know it's not something the church believes we should be doing. So then, you know, all of a sudden she may feel like she's, you know, out there. Now she's baptized, but she's also, is she less than? Is she being judged? So we're going to talk about that. Judgment, judging others, self-worth. That's today's program. A little bit later, Sarah Gowans will be joining us. She's going to um, also give us some insight, you know, into this concept of how we grow our self-worth. Again, we're going to have to get into some wonderful quotes. Because I'm a quotaholic. But before we do that, I'd like to do a few headlines. And we have a brand new member of the guest of the show today. Her name is Alyssa Banks. Hello. She's the bomb. Hey, did you, when you looked at James the first time you saw him? Love at first were, sight. What, what, really? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Said it out loud. Whoa. And I appreciate that because Maddie's not here. Oh, no. So we're going to have. Tell her. No, Don't tell no. Her. And she never listens to the show. She just produces it. So, um, but I'm Alyssa's good. here. Now, let me just, let's be honest. When when you looked at James, did you look at his beautiful eyes? Because he's got incredibly beautiful eyes. I did. Uh, they're a little bloodshot. Don't know why. And, um, or did you, did you look at the bling? Which was it that most attracted you? Well, I focused on the bling, but then. The yeah. eyes were right there. They're right so. there. They're a close second. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. close eyes is a great way to describe them. Yeah. Very close to no, each cl- other. Close second. Oh, okay. Close second. Not, not 40 close pounds side. of bling, people. Yeah. You can't blame me. Do you notice his core is stronger, too? Yeah. Try yeah. to hold up He's that bling. He's looking good. <laughs> so Alyssa's first assignment, other than the bling update, is you're going to... What, you've got a news story for us. Yes, I do. What so is it? the question is, Matt, have you ever heard of precrastination? Precrastination would be the crastination pre. Crastination. Pre. Task. Task event. Mm. I have no Close. idea. Never heard of it. What is it? It's actually planning ahead. It's. it's... <laughs> Don't even talk that way <laughs> yes. on this Matt's show. Matt's never done that. Yes. We do not what? plan ahead on this show. <laughs> it ruins the surprise. So, so precrastination, I guess, is as bad as procrastination, but it's just. You're doing it before? How can that be yeah, bad? That seems good. Yeah, in a different good. way. So a study from the Journal of Psychological Science found people who get things done early can actually use more energy and effort than those who wait or procrastinate. Do you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> so in other words, I've been doing it right this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're justifying all the procrastination. That's exactly Yes. So yeah. you can use more energy doing it ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'll tell you why, though. It's ridiculous. Okay, so they did nine different scenarios, just some experiments to find out if a person would choose the easier task of two choices. Mm -hmm. So one of the scenarios, uh, they had two buckets, and you could choose which one you wanted to pick up and move. And the first bucket was closer to the person, and they had to carry it to the end of the alley. Okay? Yes. And the second bucket was closer to the middle of the alley, and they just had to walk a few steps. 
I'd take that one. Okay. <laughs> Seems like a no-brainer. So, yeah. And I'd get a dolly. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> I'm there that lazy. There you go. So you would think that they would take the second bucket, mm-hmm. but actually most people took the first bucket. Oh, see? Overachievers. It'll yes. kill you. Yes. So the researchers were surprised about this, and they did a few more studies, and it was the same same result. And sometimes people would even carry the first bucket, even if it was heavier. Okay. What are they thinking? I don't know. Who are these so, people? They, the researchers said they wanted to get the task done sooner. So if they picked up the bucket, you know, check off the list, right? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So Just simply to get it done first. Yes. And uh. so this relates back to, you know, an everyday example of when you answer 50,000 emails and you answer all your phone calls or turn yeah. all your phone calls, but you didn't do your report for the day. Oh, yeah. See, but I see. I like, and we've already addressed this on the show before. Um, I like to procrastinate because I say it motivates me. Oh, okay. That's really, right. it just I like to have my my fear and anxiousness all you know packaged into one small moment of time. Okay. So I just save it. I save it for one <laughs> incredible burst Beautiful. of energy and excitement. Good excuse. Well, this is a great. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Alyssa's first. Her first study for us, and she's blown us away. This with is my debut. Your debut, procrastination. <laughs> yes. And by the way, no wonder people lack self-worth, because you think you're ahead of the game, but really you're just doing more work. But I guess, you know, if your job is to get a really strong back, I guess that's good. There you go. If you want to die and go to the chiropractor, it's also good. Interesting stuff. We're talking self-worth today, folks. Think about it. What brings you the sense of your own personal worth, your own sense of value. Coming up, an incredible guest joining us, Al Fox, will be joining us. um, And she is going to teach us about her story of individual worth and change and how to learn to respect others. We all need it, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More with Al Fox in a minute right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about your self-worth and, you know, the tendency as humans that we judge one another and how that might impact our sense of self, our sense of individual worth. Also, just how you get through being judged by other people and so and where we get our self-worth. Now, we talk about self-worth all of the time, but the biggest question is, where do we get it? Where do we find that confidence in ourselves? Here to give us the scoop, Maddie Richards. It's easy to feel good about yourself when someone compliments you. When someone tells me I did a good job at something or that I look nice or that I'm a good friend, for a minute I do feel great about who I am. Then the doubt can creep in. We don't really feel like we are good at what other people say we're good at. We wonder if our hair really does look good or if they were just being nice. Sometimes we fish for these compliments to try and feel good for a minute. We shouldn't need the validation of others to feel good about ourselves and to know our worth. Self-worth comes from just that, yourself. This is so much easier said than done. But the only person who can truly make you know your worth is yourself. 
It comes from appreciating the good things about yourself, from acknowledging where you need improvement, and being proud of yourself when you do improve. It comes from consistent daily reminders that you like yourself and that you are more than enough. Knowing that you have worth can also come from serving others, from meditation, from appreciating things that others do, and from appreciating the things that you do. It comes from hard work, acceptance, love for yourself and others. The golden rule is, treat others the way you would want to be treated. But my diamond rule is, treat yourself the way you treat others. You don't beat down in others, look in the mirror and point out their flaws, make them feel awful, tell them that they're not smart, that they failed that test, which means they're not going to be able to succeed, that they didn't get this job, so they obviously aren't good enough. We don't say that to other people, but we say it to ourselves all the time. We lift, appreciate, and accept others and help them, and we need to start doing that for ourselves as well. Self-worth comes from within. It's an easy thing to say and a hard thing to actually accomplish. But we need to decide today to start loving ourselves and to start acting like our worth is infinite because it is. Well done, Maddie Richard. Uh, excellent job on that. I mean, really, our our worth is infinite. The problem is not everybody around us gets how great we are. Not everybody around us gets what's in our heart because it's so darn easy to judge everybody uh, for what's on the outside instead of really truly trying to get into their heart. So our guest today is Al Fox, uh, now Al Carraway. Uh, she is known by many names, especially kind of in at BYU, kind of the, the LDS world, as the Tattooed Mormon. She's a blogger and a YouTuber. She's married to Benjamin Carraway, and they recently welcomed a little daughter into their home, um, a little girl, and we're going to hear all about her. You can go to her website, alfoxhead.blogspot.com. Al Fox's head. That sounds weird. We'll ask her. Al Fox's Anyway, it's let's welcome Al Fox on the show. How are you, Al? Hi. How do you say I'm your so blog? Well, how are you? So Phil- here's the thing. I'm so embarrassed by my blog's name that I tell people just to Google my name. Yeah, that's how I found it's it. It's easier. It is. But, I mean, I didn't think anyone was going to read it. Or I, else I you didn't know you'd be this big. More. I know. You're famous, though. You're famous for I being human. <laughs> so, so is it supposed to be Al Fox's head? Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, weird. Yeah. It's weird in a good way, Al. Anyways, you can just Google it. Yeah. It'll be fine. Hey, I love, I love what your message is. Um, again, first of all, congrats on the baby girl. Thank you. Is she cute as can be? She would. I don't know what you just said, but I think you said cute, and I think she's cute. Yeah, is she cute? I just said cute as can be. Is she a blonde? Oh. Can you tell yet? I think so. I mean, me and my husband are blonde. Yeah, that's a good sign so then. She's yours. It looks a strawberry blonde in the sun, so I mean, we'll see. <laughs> you know, Al, I've seen you from afar. I've watched. I think I've even been able to listen to you speak at, at an event here because I do a lot of speaking as well. And I've always been impressed because, to me, I th- you're, you're, you hit a message that not only Utahns need and not only members of our faith— but I think members of every faith, everyone on the earth needs to learn to judge a lot less and to get to know the hearts of people. Do you agree? Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> and you suffered I it. Know. I mean, I don't know if suffering is the word, but here you are. Were you, you were a New York girl, and then you came to Utah. Yeah. 
Talk about that. Now, you're a New York girl <laughs> with tattoos on your right. on your arms, or I, I've only seen them on your arms. I haven't checked everywhere. Um, talk about that, though, Al. You, you you liked tattooing. You saw the art in it. You appreciated it as an artistic form. Is that right? Yeah, it was just culture. I mean, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of my story or my life that people don't know, and they fill in the blanks on their own, and they say, I was rebelling, and I had a terrible childhood, and my parents were terrible. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like that at all. It was just pure culture and, and art from... Well, because the only people that do or... that are are terrible people with terrible parents. <laughs> exactly. But there, that you, so, it's there's a part of this world that a lot of us don't quite get that... It's an art form. It's it's a it's a form of expression, and you you appreciated it. Yeah, and so I had gotten baptized when it was like a week before my twenty first birthday, and after I had gotten baptized, my family and every single one of my friends they just left, and my dad, you know, he said, "I don't want you as a daughter anymore. Like you have to pick." Oh. You know, the church that I had just found out, you know, a few weeks before, or or him. And so I did pick, and it was the church, and I lost, you know, everyone kept their word. I lost all my friends, didn't hear from my dad for three years, and he was just... We oh, wow. You could ever imagine. And so I went out with the missionaries, like, every day to help them teach, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to go on a mission, and it's going to be great. You know, Heavenly <laughs> Father, what do you think? Yeah. They told me to move to Utah. Oh, boy. I pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. You know, uh, I, had, I honestly had forgotten Utah was a state until I met all these elders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forgot it was one of the states. I know, and all that happens. <laughs> so um, when I had told everyone that I went to church with at my singles branch back in New York, they, they all told me, Al, don't do it. Don't go to Utah. Like, if you go there, you will not fit in, and no one will like you. Oh, you know, my heavens. My branch, yeah, even my branch president told me, Al, don't do it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'd be silly not, you know, I just found out God existed. Yeah. And I can't be like, hey, God, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, sorry, God. I mean, I'm following you to a point, but my everyone tells me I won't be accepted. Yeah, so you yeah. had to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I drove across the country on my own with my dog fit my life into my two-door Alero Oldsmobile, <laughs> and I left the only way of living that I knew of, and I left, you know, thinking I would never see my dad again, and, and it was it was tough. Oh, yeah. So I came here, and having it in my head, like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I didn't have a job. I found a place to live while I was driving there, and it was just crazy. Unbelievable. But you know what's so interesting is, and, and here you are on your road to Utah for potentially, mm-hmm. I guess, imminent rejection. <laughs> and um, I mean, that sounds bad, but it was the case. <laughs> and and then, but you were also leaving your family that you had loved so much, and they also had rejected you for a change you had made. Is I mean, it's really, yeah. it's so ironic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was different levels yeah. of... Oh, a huge, you know, from absolutely. Family members, but but yeah, and especially too because I read on your blog, you you know how how loving and caring and watchful your mom is, and what a great example and kind of role model your dad was. So to lose a lot yeah. of these people, it was it was hard. Yeah, I mean, my dad was the worst. I mean, one of my sisters ended up getting baptized right before I left. Oh wow! But, you know, then you get it from my cousins and my mom. She came in waves, which is almost 
more difficult to deal with for her being like, you know, it's okay. And then like an hour later, screaming at me of how terrible I am. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was different per person, but, but yeah, it was, it was absolutely terrible because we were all so close. Oh, and you, um, what we'll do is we'll say, I want you to save the story for when you entered the Utah Valley. You know, it's those pioneer stories that everybody gets to hear. It's just yours is so different. And you show up and everyone's like, instead of this is the place, that great Brigham Young quote, everyone's like, that's a tattoo. That's a tattoo. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, Al, you're the best. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're talking with Al Fox, now Al Caraway, married, wonderful guy, Benjamin Caraway, and they uh, have recently also had a little girl. Um, we're going to be back more with Al Fox talking about acceptance and finding your worth and making changes in life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we are talking about finding your personal worth and understanding that for each of us, our our worth, I believe, is infinite. It's not going away. It's set regardless of what you do. You're worthwhile. You're valuable. And it's not just based in who you are, what you accomplish. So we, we decided to bring in a pro, somebody that's kind of that's teaching us all this lesson as she's going through her own life. Her name is Al Fox. She's known as the Tattooed Mormon. More importantly, now she's known as Mommy. She's a blogger, just recently welcomed a little girl into the family. She's married to Benjamin Caraway. Al Fox Caraway is now her name. But uh, moved from New York to Utah. Uh, you know, Utah's a very conservative state, uh, as a lot of states are. And um, after she was baptized in the LDS Church, she comes here. She lost some of her family members um, I guess, disowned her for a while. She moves to Utah. And welcome back to this to the show, Al. Hi, thanks. Have I got it accurate so far? Yeah, I think it sounded great. Okay, now fill me in. So you're, here you are pulling in. You're driving your Hyundai, whatever you've got. And you pull in with your dog. You come in over the mountain. You show up into Utah. Tell us your story when you get to Utah. Well, I'm like, okay, so now what? Because God, you know, he didn't he didn't tell me that much. Yeah, he, did, he <laughs> so said, get he to Utah. Said, you know, Utah, go. Yep. And so uh, here I am, and I'm asking him what now, and he's not answering me. So Figure it my out. Very yeah. first day, <laughs> I just went driving down State Street. I ended up in Linden. Oh, wow. Um, wow, from State Street like, to all the way to Linden. Well, <laughs> I lived in Linden, Utah. Oh, okay. And so I'm like, I don't know where to go. So I'm just going to drive. And so I drove down State Street because it was the only street I could find. (laughs) And, you know, my mind is racing like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I can't believe I just did that. I don't know where I'm going. It's really clean here. The mountains are huge. and You know, all these crazy things. And then, you know, in the back of my head always was, don't go there. You know, no one will like you. You won't fit in, all that crazy negative stuff. And so then I see the most beautiful thing. I had ever seen in my entire life, and it was a big sign that said Cafe Rio. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, Cafe Rio, for those not from Utah, 
or even, I guess, probably the Intermountain area. It's one of the great, I guess, what is it, like a Tex-Mex kind of restaurant. Yeah, I like Mexican. And yeah. I love Mexican. So you, we don't have those back home, so I like this huge U-turn, and I go, and I'm like, this is awesome. So you Mexican. knew that you were there. You had made the right decision. <laughs> Cafe so Rio. That was my sign. Okay, Food, yeah. You know? so, so there I am, and you have to kind of visualize this. When you're waiting in, like, a big line, the line, it kind of, like, snakes you around. Yeah. So when you're there, you're in, like, a big group of people. So I am right in the middle of this big group of people, and I remember feeling like I was under a lot of pressure. Like, I was just so tense because, you know, I didn't know if the tacos were good or the burritos, and then... <laughs> Yeah. You had, this was your first time ordering feeling. at Cafe Rio, which, by the way, everybody has <laughs> a little a uh, pre-order anxiety at Cafe Rio. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, here I am, and I'm standing there, and I had this book in my hand, and it was a biography on, I mean, I don't know, one of the prophets. And I was just standing there, and I could just feel, like you can just tell when someone's staring at you behind, because it feels like, like lasers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Except this was coming in every direction, and I was just like hugging my book up to my chest because I was so tense. <laughs> and it went; it was the longest like 15 minutes of my entire life. And so, finally, the guy next to me, you know, he kind of hits me on the arm like to get my attention, and he goes, "You know, uh, pretty ironic. You look the way you do holding that book." Oh boy, here we go. Welcome to Utah. And that was the very first thing that happened to me. That was the very first thing that was ever said to me. Ugh. And immediately, my heart broke. Like, immediately, I just thought of everyone that told me not to go there. Yeah. And, and how badly I wanted to just turn to him and scream. I just wanted <laughs> to scream at him and be like, Free meal. You know what I just went through? Like, yeah. you know who and what? I had to give up to be there, and I didn't even know why. I literally sacrificed my whole entire life, everything who I used to be, everything that I had, all yeah. the people that I had. Like, And here I am with just a few things in my Oldsmobile, and <laughs> and then that happened, and my heart broke. And so I didn't end up yelling at him. <laughs> well, good. I mean, because really— you're you're greater than that. And so what I what I ended up how I ended up choosing to react was I just turned to him and I shook his hand and I said, "Hi, I'm Al Fox. I just got baptized and this is my first day here." And he felt so bad that he ended up buying my lunch. <laughs> Free meal. So that is Yeah. But see Oh, isn't that interesting? We're all so quick to do that, aren't we? We're all so quick to judge. And so that was the start of it. <laughs> yeah, day one. That was day one. Did you? So you probably haven't had to pay for a meal <laughs> since you I got here. That was the case. <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen it, I guess, in lines then uh, at restaurants. You've probably been looked Even, up and down at church. Oh, everywhere. Everywhere, and it was it was interesting because having tattoos was never something that I thought about until I moved to Utah. Hmm. And I, you know, it's something you don't even think about that you know that you have. Like I didn't even you don't even think about it. 
until I moved here. And it was everywhere that I went. I would go just to down the street. You know, I'd go to the grocery store, and people would literally turn around and walk the other way, and they would pull their kids away from me. And no one, like, no one spoke to me. And it was hard because at that time I was 21 and just about to be 22, and you know, guys that age, our age, you know, they're looking for temple-worthy girls, yeah. which they should. Like, that's a great thing. But I didn't look temple-worthy, and not a single person spoke to me. It took me, really? like, I couldn't tell you how long it took me to get a date. And I'm, like, super outgoing. I can well, easily... Yeah. And you're beautiful, Even and you, yeah, and your personality's fun. So, I mean, everything's there. You even carried your church books around. Yeah, I mean, everything's yeah. there, <laughs> and then, but it's these tats that all of a sudden they can't see past a tattoo. No, no, and they wouldn't not just go out with me. They wouldn't even talk to me. And yeah. so here I am in a new place, not knowing what to do, and now I have you know the feelings of loneliness. I can't even put into words. Like, mm. it is absolutely through the roof. I had actually never felt alone in my entire life until I moved to Utah. Yeah. And, you know, it was, oh, well, it was and, unbearable. Like, there are some days, you know, I'm just barely, like, building up spiritual strength. I'm still learning things. And yeah. there are some times I just didn't have the strength to even leave my house because I just didn't want to, to handle people. Yeah. But you know. it seems like this is kind of a universal issue. So whether it's a tattooed New Yorker moving to Utah or a Utah moving to New Yorker or a Mormon moving to New Yorker or a Bible yeah. Belt, you know, Baptist moving to L.A. I mean, we we just as humans, we were too quick to judge and we miss the beautiful insides and, and core of others because we get so caught up on the outside. And then what you were just saying, we then leave somebody feeling totally alone, even though there's a lot of people around them. Right. Sad. How did you, yeah. how, how did you, how, how did you handle it day to day? Like <laughs> It depends on the day, but ultimately, you know, what it came down to is I was pissed off. Yeah. I was pissed off at God yeah. more than I was at, at those people. It's like he tricked like, you. Why would you bring me? <laughs> yeah. And, so really what it came down to is, you know, it's a decision I had to make. You know, it's a decision we all have to make, and it's a decision we have to make every single day. And that's, you know, choose to get mad, choose to get bothered or, or offended, or to choose to to not. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, choose to keep going did, or did, not. Well, you Did you still and, feel like... I mean, I'm sure you questioned it every day. Like, do I am I am I still supposed to be here? But I guess you felt enough that you were supposed to be here because you stayed. Yeah. So, I mean, really, what it comes down to, and what everything comes down to, is choose God or not. And so, I made the decision. You know, at baptism, I made the decision, and and it was God. Yeah. I already I already made that decision, and you know, at this point, you know, who would I be if I were to say, you know. God, you're wrong. And, you know, yeah. I came this way and I already gave up so much. And I, you know, throughout, you know, all of these hard times, there was still like this constant happiness that never went away. And that was because I was doing what I felt I ought to be doing. So, you're, you're, so you're, that happiness, I guess, is what we're trying to talk about today, too, is you, you're, the happiness was you were still good with God. You were choosing yeah. God 
And I mean, he, I was yelling at him. Yeah, yeah. But I you know what? But he, he gets was... it, though, too. He gets who you are, and he gets what you're going through. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, I was being, you know, regardless of how much I gave up and how much it sucked and how many times I screamed at the top of my lungs with him, I knew what I ought to be doing, and so I just did it. I mm-hmm. did it because I was blessed before, and I knew that I was going to do it again, or I was going to be blessed again, even if I didn't understand it, and even if it took forever for me to figure out why. Yeah. I knew I eventually would. And so really the mindset that I came into was, you know, some people haven't learned, a, you know, this particular lesson yet, and, you know, if I were to react the way that they think I would, they're not ever going to learn that lesson. That's right. Maybe I could teach them and just be me and just be happy and just be outgoing and just, you know, deal with it that way. Well, and And now you're the teacher. I mean, (laughs) what's cool is because if you had run away, we wouldn't be learning the lesson. We wouldn't be hearing you on the radio. We wouldn't be telling your story. I mean, that's, I guess, the key to a lot of this is we need to have a deep purpose enough to, to stay through the trial and... And then on the other side of it, you now are the teacher. You're teaching, you know, members of the LDS faith, members of the U- of Utah, or people of Utah, that we got to all dig deeper. And I, I, I promise, I know what I know. You've been mentioned in my church groups with my youth, my kids. When I told them you were going to be on my show, I and mean, we've had some pretty big people on my show. You ever heard of Bronco Mendenhall? We've had some big people on my show, but you know what? Al, seriously, when I told them you were going to be on, they're like, oh, boy. Like, you're a megastar in their mind. And, and so what's cool is that um, – and then they found out you were going to be here, so they decided not to come. But they're, they're listening at home. Um, but what I think is so cool is my kids are hearing your message, and they won't judge somebody just by their tattoos. Yeah. Because of you. So. Well. You're, it's working. Now, I know I know you had to go through a lot of torment. Yeah, but I mean, I figure, I mean, this is just how I do and approach everything. Every blog post or video or interview I've ever done, you know, it's silly to think that someone else isn't feeling the way that I am. You know, obviously, we've all felt judged. We've all felt alone. We've all have been mad at God. And to think that people haven't felt that way and to not be honest and share it, you know, that's just ludicrous. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I try and just be honest because I know I know I'm not the only one. Oh yeah. And so I mean, so I don't know. <laughs> no, you're beautiful. We're gonna take a break. We're talking with uh Al Fox Caraway, aka the tattooed Mormon, also known as Incredible Light of Goodness and Positivity, Incredible Spirit, Beautiful Overcomer of Junk thrown upon her by others. It's a long title. Um, More with Al Fox when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Have you ever felt judged? Have you ever felt like they're just, they just don't get your heart? Instead, they're looking at your degree or your religion or your tattoos. 
and they don't uh, they don't know how to get past that. Well, we've got an excellent guest on our show today. Al Fox is her name. Al Fox Caraway is her now married name. She married Benjamin Caraway and uh, a while ago, and now has a, a cute little baby girl here. Uh, she has a website, a blog called Al Fox's Head. Dot blogspot.com. But it might just be easier if you just Google Al Fox and get to her blogspot. But it's something you need to go find and read. Incredible spirit. Al, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks. Hey, uh, <laughs> did you just have to run and take care of the baby real fast? No, my husband's over there. Okay, good. Hey, by the way, talk about that. So here you are. You're kind of getting the beat down emotionally, just traditional kind of... Mm-hmm. judgment from all these people around you. Um, but in the midst of all of this, I guess, too, you know, you started to receive a, some blessings, at least one named Benjamin. Yes. Now, how did right. Benjamin see oh, yeah. through all of the tats? I mean, that seems like the tattoos well, he, would have scared I mean, old Benjamin away. Him, he has his own blog. Does he? Um, and that is thewayofcareaway.blogspot.com, and he actually has a post. I mean, he'll be able to say it better than me, called being married to the tattooed Mormon. Um, <laughs> and he just absolutely hates that name. I bet he does. In fact, I, I'm thinking we need a better him. one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had a great, like, book-long one. Before I know, but I, did you hear me keep going? It's just so hard to put in a meme. <laughs> they can just fill in the blank. And so <laughs> he actually has never really saw them. Yeah. Um, so the way that I kept going was I'm just going to put the gospel first always. And so I went and I started to make videos and blogs and I became Relief Society, uh, Relief Society presidency for a few years. And I got endowed on my own and I was doing all these things. And he was serving his mission in Philly. And he was allowed on Facebook before they made that announcement. Yeah. So he was piloting the Facebook um, while serving and proselyting. And so that's how he met unofficially met me with seeing my blog and my videos and stuff like that and he shared them on his page wow he messaged me and we would talk about his uh people he was teaching and i got his weekly emails and he came home oh were you were you interested in him was this like a friend or and you didn't know or were you thinking (laughs) whoa i like like him (laughs) depends on who you ask if you ask me, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. You know, if I thought he was expecting to like date when he came home, I probably wouldn't have wrote him as much yeah, as I did. Because he's out of control. And but I mean, I don't think he thought anything of it at first. Yeah. But he wrote in his journals about me and prayed about me, and so, holy cow! So I mean, yeah, he called me as soon as he got released. And we hung out a day later, and then we never stopped hanging out. Okay, I would. I, okay, I want to hear the moment <laughs> that he he loves you so much, he thinks you're great. He's like, you got to meet my family, and he walks you into the family. You're wearing your cute little shirt with your short sleeves. Well, <laughs> his parents are are awesome. Our actual first date was going to the temple, so they knew yeah. about me before they saw me, and so I don't know what they actually thought. When they saw me and tried to put the pieces together, they loved you. I bet. But um, but yeah, his parents are converts. They're from Mississippi and Arizona, and so I don't think they thought too much of it. Right. Because I think they. I mean, they, I think they already knew. Yeah. About me. Well, you're not a terrorist. No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but it's so funny that we. Yeah, not yet. We can't get our heads. You know, we just we almost equate it to. Well, you obviously must be bad because you're so different. Teach us what we should know. We've only got about five more minutes or so. Teach us 
what you've learned through this process and still have to learn day in and day out? And what are you going to teach your daughter about respecting other people? I mean, okay, so that's a loaded question. Yes. But really when it comes to, you know, there's a hard time of people accepting yourself and who you are and what you're doing. And, you know, especially as a woman, we have this terrible problem of comparison um, of other people. And it's just, what a, you know, no matter who you are and what you're doing or what you're not doing and what you look like, what you've done, and whether it's visible or not, yeah. you know, no matter where you are or who you are, um, it really just comes down to your personal relationship with God, like, always. Yeah. Because the more you learn of Him, the more I, at least for me, the more I did in the church, the more I learned of Him, the more I just didn't think about it and just tried to do what I ought to be doing, like going to the temple and serving and all that. The more I just didn't think of it at all. And then you get, you know, this knowledge that, uh, you know, God doesn't see me that way. No. You know, God doesn't see me as the tattooed Mormon because to him, they don't exist. Yeah he, yeah, he doesn't use a, he doesn't label us like, <laughs> oh, you're the single person or you're the, you're the, uh, you're the Jew or the Catholic or the Mormon. He just sees you as his child. He loves you. He, 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 you. he looks in your, yeah. Trying to be. Yeah. You know, that was the hardest part was that people couldn't see who I was. That was why it was so hard for me because I tried so hard to become better and people couldn't see that. And so just realizing how he sees yourself, and it's extremely difficult, and it comes, you know, with lots of effort and, and you know, work and constantly trying to build up your testimony, but just realize who he sees you as. And, you know, no matter what your sins were, he doesn't see you as the smoker or, you know what I mean, yeah. all those things. He sees you as who you're trying to become, and that's been, like, the biggest, mm. the biggest thing. How has that and changed so, how you see yourself now? I mean— you don't. I know that everyone's always like, so are you still getting tattoos and stuff? Again, it's not it's never been about the tattoo for you. Mm-mm. But so how well, so what's changed in you? Just my relationship with God. It's so powerful. Realizing, you know, I'm not going to let something like that, you know, ultimately like the giant question to me was to overcome not just how people saw me, but how I saw myself, not just in relation to tattoos, but even what I was doing and not doing well enough was, you know, is this big enough to stop me from feeling happy? Hmm. Is it enough to stop me from, you know, you know, receiving my exaltation? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, is it enough to stop going to church and be offended and and stuff like that. Like, even if I'm down on myself for not doing as well one week as the other, like, is it worth, like, being upset about? Is it worth distancing myself from God or others or going to church and just doing better and trying to motivate myself that way? It's such a great um, question, because it, it's not, and it's not for any of us, really. Is it, is it worth, you know, have it, when your car scratched, is it worth the fight to have to hate somebody because they park too close to your car? I mean... Yeah. None of it's worth if you it. Could, a quote, yeah, a quote that I, I don't know who said it. I might have even made it up. In my head, I always say this, like, if you can do something about it, then don't worry about it. If you can't do something about it, then don't worry about it. So great. <laughs> so, like, it's been like a perfect mindset to just not worry and not get upset and to just try. Like, if you're just a little bit better than where you were yesterday, then that's enough. And to always keep your focus on you and God, because 
that way, if God's first, always everything else falls into place. Like my relationship with my family has never been better before hard times even came. And that was because I had put in God first and what he wanted me to do. And so now, you know, I have tons of friends and people, you know, the people and the emails that I get and the people that I meet and their stories from how I helped in a little bit, I can't put into words. And that was, I strongly believe, you know, just because I'm trying and just because I... I'm not losing sight of why we're here and what we need to be doing and who we are and who we belong to. Love it. You know, and and for my daughter, you know, just, she, I mean, it'll be easy. My husband, you know, he had a crazier story than I did, and he had to go through a lot of changing and before he went on a mission. And, yeah. You know, between the two of us to know that it's okay yep. to mess up. Like, mm-hmm. it's totally fine, and, and it's and okay to be different. That's right. And now and, you're, and, and now you can... You can rely on God and let God help you with that. Al, we got to take a break. Uh, So appreciate your message. Seriously, inspirational. And remember, you're changing. Don't ever question it. You're changing lives. I know it personally. Again, Al Fox, go check her out. Uh, Go find her blog. Look up Al Fox and also look up her husband's blog, thewayofcaraway.com. We'll be right back. More on self-worth, self-esteem right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, <laughs> to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, having a little uh, halftime intermission giggle. We like to have the giggle in the middle of the, the uh, show just to keep us alive. Today on the show, folks, we're talking about your individual worth, how to handle life when everyone around you is just so full of judgment. And maybe one of the reasons we're so quick to judge each other is because we don't have our own personal standards to live by. You know, some people know what their standards are and, you know, others don't. So on our show today, Sean O'Neill has found an article that he's Mm -hmm. going to use to walk us through, I guess, finding our own standards. Yeah. How to build your own foundation, so to speak. So now, shouldn't my parents have done that? Well, no. I kind of wish they had because now it's dependent on me. But I, if it's a personal thing, I think it's something you have to do for yourself. Now, yes, yeah. you can you can base things yeah. on your what your parents yeah. may believe or, or, but you've got or some it. examples. You're going to have to do it. And I can tell you right now, if you want your ch- kids to have a good personal foundation, you better have one as oh, yeah. well. So if I like, if I asked you right now, don't do it. But, um, if I did, have th- what are five things you have based your life on, and five principles you based your mm-hmm. life on? I bet out there in listener land, could you go to your five right now? Do you know what they are? Are they that top of mind? I think, I think my parents would be one of the five. Yeah, yeah. that's why this is powerful. Okay, mm-hmm. so what are the steps? How many well, steps are there? There's seven. Okay. The first one, and this is this comes from uh, volunteermain.org, the website. Okay, uh, Daniel Martinage. I'm guessing is how I'm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name or not. Martinage uh, or Martinage. Martinage. Yeah. And he's he's got some very nice steps here. The first one okay. is to recognize and eliminate tolerations in your life, which those are things that we put up with, even though we know they're holding us back. 
a messy office, oh, yeah. unbalanced checkbook, uh-huh. outdated computer equipment. Mm-hmm. So what should you do to fix that? List those down. Write a list of things that you're tolerating and create a plan to get rid of them. Yeah. We tolerate a lot. Yes. And we think that's good. Mm-hmm. But really, it could be driving you crazy. Yes, I agree. Cool. Number two is strengthen your integrity. Mm. Now, what is integrity? Like, let's use the word integrity in a building. It's fortitude. It's durability. Well, okay. Integrity in a building is when it's working the way it was designed to operate. Hmm. Now, a building's integrity is compromised when you have to use artificial supports or braces to hold it up. Like bling. Mm-hmm. Like let's say you – to compensate – It might be pulling you down. You wear 40 pounds of bling. Exactly. A that could just be – James Birdsall. Pulling you down. Lack of sleep, stress, poor nutrition. Yeah. Things like that. Out of integrity. So spend some time defining what being in integrity looks like for you and then identify honestly those things that you're – that are keeping you out of alignment. It's a great idea. Then number three is recognize conscious and unconscious needs. Okay, go there. Because you have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Sure. You've heard of that, I'm yeah. sure. Which says your base, if your basic needs aren't met, then your higher needs are not going to be you met. You won't self-actualize. You exactly. won't become what you want to become. If you, if, you know, if, if you don't provide yourself with food, sustenance, yeah. or you know, a place to live, That's things like that. That's the foundation. The rest will tumble. Exactly. Okay. So what basic needs are not being met? List those down. Take care of them in some way. How are you balancing your personal and professional life? And sometimes you got to get rid of the stories because we have a mm-hmm. ton of stories wrapped around these. Well, I don't get sleep because of my children. Yes. Well, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and my favorite and, shows and on Netflix. Batman Arkham City. That's right. <laughs> so you got to blow up the stories to There's have no integrity. Di- there was no ding there. I, I said, know. I said a video game. Uh, he fell asleep. Okay. Uh, uh, number four, establish and maintain boundaries. Robert yeah. Frost, quote, Good fences make great neighbors. That's right. Mm. Yeah, you need a good boundary. You do. Uh, and it, personal boundaries. Uh-huh. Those are your guidelines for what's acceptable to you and not acceptable. Because you'll. It's easy to let them in a little bit on a boundary. Do you mind if I just take a few inches on your on mm-hmm. this side of the yard? I just need to make my driveway a little bigger. Yeah. How, is it okay if I just take a few more inches? Eventually, you're living with your neighbor. And then I want a few more inches so I can put, you know, a, a you know, a path of flowers. Yeah. And then after the, the yeah, mm-hmm. I've got to bury a body. Right. Can I have a few more inches? And then eventually, guess what happens but all the time? The, the action there that you need to take is is to make a list of where you need to establish or reinforce those boundaries. That's good. It's really good. Okay. And ask yourself: Do you allow yourself to be victimized? Yeah. If you're playing the victim card, mm-hmm. then you're just a victim. So then, number five is raising your personal standards. Now, the difference between raising your standards and maintaining your boundaries is that boundaries are those things that you won't allow. That's like the that's the that's the low water line. Mm-hmm. Personal standards are things that you will do. Kind of a goal where yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. So they're the values, behaviors, and actions that you're going to hold yourself to. Yeah, you don't want your life to just be full of what you won't do. Because that doesn't tell you who you are. Exactly. You need to know who you're going to be. So those yes. are the things you're going to do, the values. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Number six is building and maintaining a strong personal and professional network. Yes. LinkedIn. A, well, that could be one of the things that you use. Yeah. But uh, having a close circle of friends that can support you in times of need. Uh-huh. 
You Especially need, in, in yeah. the workplace, if you if all of a sudden you find yourself downsized out of a company or yeah. laid off or something like that, a, a good network of friends that are in your workplace yeah. can help you find another job. And family. And see, that's why I love you guys. Mm. Because I think everybody needs a production team. <laughs> yeah. Because I could not show up, and I'm pretty sure the show would still go on. Yeah, actually it would. It would. I don't know that it would be as good. Well, it would be different. Definitely. But you guys, see, you need the support team that that does everything for you. Mm-hmm. And then number seven, create emotional and physical reserves. Yes. You know why? I know the answer to this already. Okay. Because your ability to show willpower is based in the reserves you have. When your mm-hmm. reserves start to drop, your ability to have willpower to overcome something goes with it. Willpower is based on your energy left. Yes. That's why we all fall apart and our will falls apart around 930. Well, but he's also talking about physical reserves. I mean, no, that's exactly what I'm talking if about. You're, if, yeah. you, if you're tired yeah. and exhausted, you're not going to accomplish anything. But financial too. Yeah. If you don't have, I mean, you if you haven't saved up money in for a time of emergency. Yeah. Done. And all of a sudden you're out of a job. Yeah. Wow. That that can hurt a lot, and that can just break you down emotionally. Well, that's when you move into your in-laws' house, and they break you down. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, been there, done that. <laughs> you turned out great, though. <laughs> but yeah, those are the seven steps. So, it, with that last one, you want to assess where your reserves are depleted and where you can build them up. See, it's it seems you don't have to even do all of that. Just do one. Run over the list again. Okay. Uh, recognize and eliminate tolerations in your life. Yeah. Strengthen your integrity. By the way, eliminating a toleration may actually increase your reserves. Exactly. Bing, bing. Okay. Recognize conscious and unconscious needs. Uh-huh. Establishing and maintaining boundaries. By the way, another word for those are rules. Yes. So boundaries yes. to yes. me always sounds so therapeutic. But so a rule. Just mm-hmm. establish rules. We don't do that. You don't say that to me. Right. We don't use these words. Okay. Exactly. Cool. Raising your personal standards. Yeah. And by the way, if you don't have and know where your personal standards are, look to people you respect. Exactly. They may be carrying the standard mm-hmm. you love. That's why you respect them. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Find examples in your life. Maybe And maybe they're examples of your grandparents, yeah. your parents. Your wife, your husband. I mean, like, like a Al co-worker, was just talking about. Yeah. A boss. Your parole officer, James. Yep. yep. He's a great man. He's a great mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Very patient. Your jeweler. <laughs> your jeweler. <laughs> These, yeah. I have a, a incredibly influential ring of people yeah. around me. Yeah, your gold leafer. Right. Yeah. Uh, number six, build and maintain strong personal and professional network. Yeah. And then create emotional and physical reserves. Thank you, Mr. Daniel <sighs> Martinage. Daniel Martinage from volunteermain.org. Dot org. Yep. Loved it. He's actually an executive coach. and That's good. He's changing the good world. good stuff. Good stuff. Finding your own personal standards. That's powerful. Okay, we're going to take a break. We are going to come back, talk to Sarah Gowans. She's one of our contributors. Uh, You know, she's basically runs the Happy Gal blog. I don't want to brag for her, but she's the bomb. And when we come back, Sarah's going to walk us through a little bit more. Finding your worth. This is a woman, you know, went through a a difficult divorce. I don't know if she's going to want to talk about that, but has four beautiful daughters she's raising, smart girls. And how do you raise these girls in a way that, you know, personal worth is uh, had by all? We're going to take a break. More 
on growing your value, your worth, understanding yourself right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we've been taking on uh, your your own self-worth, trying to figure out who you are and, you know, what's important and how you build your identity on a foundation that's healthier and strong. We're going to be talking now to Sarah Gowans. She's one of our contributors. She graduated from Ricks College, which is now BYU-Idaho, with a degree in elementary education. She is a certified foot zoonologist. And her extensive studies in healthy eating and mind-body-spirit connection have made her a welcome addition to the Happy Gal blog, where she is both the writer and the blog manager and guru extraordinaire. Sarah loves being active and healthy. She uh, runs, cycles, <laughs> does yoga. I was going to say yogas, uh, hikes, and anything that keeps her heart rate up, which includes, uh, you know, loving her cute husband that always comes to the show. Is he in the car with you? Of course. <laughs> Apparently you're always together. And your four daughters, Sarah Gowans, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. You come up with some pretty good intros. I, I like that. That's why they pay me the big bucks, Sarah. Oh, you get the big bucks? Actually, that's why they pay me the buck. <laughs> that buck. Oh. Hey, talk. is your husband really there? You know what? He came up to the car, but then he left, so I don't know where he is. Well, honk and bring him back and just say Matt says hi. <laughs> Okay, I'll make sure and pass the message along. Hey, Sarah, um, without being awkward, do you want to explain why you're out in a car parked talking to me? (laughs) Well, we actually had, um, I'm actually down in South Jordan right now. We had a little family uh, event, and um, so I'm kind of in between. It worked out perfectly because we were in between events right now. Okay, good. I'm just sitting here while I wait. You're just sitting. Is anybody looking at you? Do they find you strange? Are they anybody (laughs) calling the cops? I'm in the parking lot, and people are giving me strange looks as they walk by. But you know what? I have such a good self-image that it's okay. I don't really care. (laughs) Uh, You know what? That's a great way to be. I get looked at. I get creepy looks like that all the time, too. But they actually call the cops on me. They do. Yeah, it's I weird. want to hear that story, Matt. Someday or maybe I will. It's more than one. No, well, it's it's actually they just call it an entire case. <laughs> They've got you. They, they being the police department. <laughs> it's a case. Yeah. Hey, you, Sarah, you're raising four daughters. I am. Uh, and it seems yeah. like the teenage girl female psyche is very fragile. Oh, Matt. You know, it's interesting because I I don't have any sisters. You don't? I, I have three if you'd like one. <laughs> well, I've got my daughters now, okay, so yeah. I'm good in the female department. Mine are all raised. I, no. they, they, I have four brothers, and so I grew up as a tomboy and around guys playing ball or just doing kicking it with the guys. Yeah. And so it's it's been a learning experience for me to raise these, these four girls. <laughs> it's, so, cause yeah. it, it's sad because there's so much there's so much comparison to media. There's this weird sense of what looks good and is right and body image issues and oh it's and you know what i think the invention of photoshop it's just been bad for everyone 
It's dangerous. I know. And, you know, it's so interesting. As a mother, that's one of the things that I am so aware of. And I wasn't aware of it, I think, until I became a mother. And maybe it was because I was such a tomboy. I didn't really care that much. But for my girls, I look at, you know, what's all around us in media and in magazines. I mean, you just go to the grocery store and you, you know, even if you're not seeking it out, you see these images of photoshopped girls and even guys too and it's just uh, everything is just about how you look yeah and that's how you should value yourself and that's so sad to me <laughs> no it is sad because it's so surface well and, and we had I, I don't know if you were able to hear because you were at family gatherings we had al fox on um who was judged for having tattoos and she comes to utah very conservative culture where, you know, tattoos aren't really appreciated and um, nobody quite gets it. And she walks in and all of a sudden has this trial of her beliefs and her faith in God because, you know, she felt like he's the one that brought her to come to live in Utah and yet people are judging her. So, And we don't mean to. I don't think any of us intend to ostracize everyone or to make them feel bad. It just it's kind of the byproduct. I think it's actually just misunderstanding, don't you think? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's just, or, or not misunderstanding maybe isn't the word that I'm looking for, but it's, um, you just, you, you don't get it. Like, it's, yeah. what's the word I'm Ignorance. looking for, Matt? It's, Ignorance. It's, yeah. It's, it's like, well, it's like miss, yeah, we, we don't quite, and we don't necessarily take the time to understand who they are. So our, I think as part of it's our brain just makes this quick selection that, um, oh, tattoos, bad. Oh, uh, yeah. piercings bad. Oh, uh, go to church good. You know, we, we kind of throw <laughs> this, and, and I think it's just kind of a, a simple way that our brain tries to save us, which would work great if we were, you know, in the middle of Serengeti and ooh, uh, you know, viper bad. That yeah. that's a quick decision we need to make. But when it's about and, another human being, it, and we may not need to make that. And I have learned that so much that I used to think everything was pretty black and white. And the older I get, the more I realize there, it's just not that way. And, right. and I think it's interesting that, um, you know, I, I did listen to, um, part of Al's story and I think she's great. And I think it's interesting that God sent her here yeah. to Utah. I, don't you think he yep. kind of does that with us? When oh, absolutely. we are insecure about something, mm-hmm. he'll put us smack in the middle of the hardest thing so that we learn the lesson. Yeah. Don't you think he's up there <laughs> laughing know? too? Like, she'll, this will teach her. <laughs> But I mean, exactly. really, I think he, I think he wants us to stretch, and so when we're so surprised that we're being stretched, it's yeah. almost like, well, what do you think your God would do? I mean, my mom liked it when I would get stretched and you know be in that tense playing situation, playing baseball or football. That was good. Mm-hmm. It's stretching. Yeah, and actually, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about when I'm um, going back to my teenage daughters, and just uh, as a mother, it's so important to me to in- help instill self-worth or at least i mean it has to come from within themselves but you can kind of foster that sure and um one of the things that i like to help them realize is that it's okay to fail it's okay to be in a situation where you're stretched or where you're uncomfortable and you know if you do something and you don't succeed don't let that define you because that one of the things i always tell my girls is there are no mistakes if we learn from them yeah. And, you know, and that's okay. If you mess up, 
then, oh, great, you just learned a lesson. Yeah. So you can grow, but it doesn't have anything to do with who you are inherently. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I guess that's the idea that you need to remember that you're not sitting here trying to, you're trying to learn, you're trying to grow, you're not just sitting here trying to get a degree. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, you're, so, because otherwise you miss a school, you miss a class or fail some tests, that could eventually impact your degree, but it doesn't have to impact your learning. And your your valuable yeah. your value is already set. It's not based on you just graduating from a school. Your value is based on the fact that you're learning to learn, and no matter what, you're valuable. Yeah, and I read a talk one time that said sometimes we we misinterpret kind of why we're here on Earth, and it's not to check off a list or whatever. It's, it's what we become. Mm, and yeah. that's what we're working towards is becoming, you know, that's my favorite and so that's thought. Goal. And you're yeah. trying to become something better than you were when you got here <clears throat> and mm-hmm. spiritually become better and better. So, so really it's okay to fail because failure and then getting up and learning from it is making you better. Yeah. And so when I was thinking about that, I found some people. Do you want to hear a couple of really famous people, some interesting things yes. that I found yes. about them? Okay. So um, Albert Einstein, he's one of my favorite people. He's yeah. pretty awesome. He did not speak until he was four, and oh, he wow. didn't read until he was seven. Pokey. And his parents thought he was subnormal, and one of his teachers described him as mentally slow, unsociable, and adrift forever in foolish dreams, and he was expelled from school. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Yeah. And now no one will mess with him. Yeah. And then another one I loved was um, after Fred Astaire, you and I know who he is, maybe some of the younger listeners might not know, but... Um, famous actor, singer, dancer, after his first screen test, the memo from the testing director, it was, this was in 1933, it read, cannot act, cannot sing, slightly bald, can dance a little. (laughs) And so he kept that memo over the fireplace in his Beverly Hills home and look what he became, you know. Take that. (laughs) So I've got a whole list of those later if you want any more, but. um, Let's do this. Let's take a break um, and we'll come back and I want to hear a couple more because, we're so quick to think it's about, you know, what that one person said the first time. And if you don't give up and just keep learning, then, you know, the value grows and grows and grows for all of us. Well, where would we be without Fred Astaire, you know, right? Or Albert Einstein and that great musical where they dance together. Where would we be? So true. That That is a, a work of art, those yeah. two dancing together. Anyway. Uh, we're going to take a break. More when we come back. We, we'll be back with Sarah Gowan. She'll continue to teach us how to help our children, especially our teenage girls, grow their own sense of identity. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about finding your individual worth, understanding about your own self-worth, your self-esteem, and uh, on the phone with us, Sarah Gowans, who is in between family activities. 
stuck in a car in a parking lot roasting, uh, we did ask them to leave the car running with the windows up. Sarah, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Matthew J. Townsend. There you go. J4. If you can guess my middle name, you win. (laughs) You win the prize. You win. Your middle name? I think your middle name is... Careful. Thomas. (sighs) Not even close. Oh. It's Timmy. Jacob. Nope. Matthew Martin. Oh, Martin. Matthew Mm -hmm. M. Townsend. Mm -hmm. Matthew M. Townsend. Martin and um, Sarah Merrily Gowns. Yeah, you're not even close. Okay. Well, we're trying. Hey, one of these days, Sarah, I want you to explain what a certified foot zoonologist is. All right. I'll do it. Okay. Next time. Here's what I want you to do. Continue to teach us. You were talking about your your daughters and the lessons you want to teach your daughters. Four four mm-hmm. girls. And um, one of the things I know you talked about was okay to fail. It's okay to fail. You want to teach your kids failures, fine. You know, just you got to learn if you're going to fail, right? All of us have well, to learn. Yeah, because everybody fails. Yep. And their worth, their worth isn't tied into that. No. So, yeah, that's a big one, I and, think. And, and you'll, if you can always find the learning, then the failure wasn't a failure. It's not a—yeah, like I said earlier, that I say this all the time. There are no mistakes as long as we learn from them, and only then, lessons. Another lesson you taught us that maybe didn't stand out is that we don't have to compare ourselves. Our daughters don't need to compare themselves to the image projected by the media. Yeah, that's a big one. And I'm, you know, as a mother, I'm very careful about what, um, I don't, I don't subscribe to magazines that are going to be coming into my house that have tons of, you know, images that might make either myself or them feel inferior or even what I watch on TV or even music that I am so particular about the media that I allow into my own mind. And because it also, my girls are usually there with me. And so, um, you know, I'm also protecting what they see and hear mm-hmm. as well. Well, you can't help but compare. Powerful effect. But you, you're yeah. saying the bigger thing, too, is don't compare. I mean, because sometimes it'll sneak in. So if we can keep it out, that's a great. But sometimes your daughter will go over to another friend's house and then comparison. They, they meet, Everyone starts comparing themselves. Yeah. I mean, and it's going to happen. And I don't want to say media is a good thing. And I love good music and I love good movies. And, you know, mm-hmm. and there's. So I'm not saying that that you shouldn't have it at all. <laughs> no, no. Because it's good. But I'm just particular. I'm just trying to be really conscious about what I'm looking at and talking about and and, you know, and having them view as well. And we have discussions about it because like you said, they'll see it. Even I can minimize it with what I allow into my house, but it's out there and yeah. they're going to see it. And so we have discussions about it, you know. I'll say, you know, look at that. Did you know that that's a photoshopped or Yeah. I'll you know, and we have talks about it so that they can see that that's not a realistic because subconsciously it's there if they see it. You know, yeah, they, I think oh. that's powerful is as a and that's one of the greatest things I think we can do as a parent is create the conversation. To me, it's always the conversations that create the meaning, you know, so when we it's what we say It's like if we start saying that if we start wondering, man, why aren't you why are you eating a third plate? Why do you keep doing that? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Sometimes our conversations are what create the comparison. So if that's the case, then a healthier way might be just just the conversation about 
what is healthy, what is normal, what is photoshopped, what's not photoshopped. Yeah. It's great. And then just talking to them about, you know, I, I know that I'll just say, I noticed that um, a lot of the media and stuff that wants us to value ourselves off what will we look like. But don't you think as a, as a woman and a girl that we have so much more to offer than just what we look like? Yeah. And then um, that actually brings me to my next point that I wanted to talk about is um, I think it's so important that we help our teenage girls find their strengths. And this goes for boys, too, not yeah. just girls, but um, find their strengths and help them cultivate and celebrate and honor their strengths. And that goes back to comparing, too. So I try to never compare my kids to each other because they're so different, you know, and you I bet. don't say, well, well, your older sister does it this way and, you know, and so that's just not helping each of them find their own strength. Well, and the strength, a lot of times it just seems like we're so kind of predictable as humans. If you have a child that plays the piano, then their strength is music or we kind of only have like five categories. So you're either smart or you're musical or you're, oh, you're, you're a thespian, <laughs> you're an actor or you're <laughs> yeah. a, you're an athlete. And, and yet, uh, so what I do, even with recently, my kids are trying out for football teams. And so I'll watch them and I'll say, yeah, you're really a great athlete. And what I really appreciate is some of your your ability to just stay focused. And so I always focus on, mm-hmm. you know, pr- principles. You, you're able to stay yeah. focused and listen to what the coach says. And you're always the first one to get in line. And I try to point out the 20 things that he does well on the field yeah. that are all strengths. That's, oh my heck, I'm so glad you said that because I, I love that. And that whenever someone asks me to, to say, like, you know, sometimes you'll get asked to give an intro about your child or yeah, something. Yeah. I never, I guess I shouldn't say never, but I try to be really conscious about when I'm quote unquote introducing or praising them or whatever to other people, I do just what you said. And I say, you know, so-and-so is such a, such a compassionate person. And I don't say, She's on this team, and she does, you know, she does this, and she does this. It's not about that. It's it's more about right. character, because then that's what they focus on themselves. I think that's so that's awesome, and it also carries over, right? So if the, in the in the in the small chance that my son doesn't play pro football, <laughs> he will still know that he was very effective at getting in line first. And come on, Matt, he takes after you, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So he'll probably have plantar fasciitis. He'll probably be about 20 <laughs> pounds overweight and his hips will hurt when he runs on the treadmill. Now, come on, we're, you got to speak positive words to yourself. That's another thing I always tell my girls is words are powerful. So that's true. I, yeah. <laughs> I, my foot doesn't hurt. <laughs> it's, I, no, I really think I, that what you're saying about words though, it's funny because your kids are always listening, aren't they? Oh, so much. And you ask any one of my girls, and they will tell you that I my biggest soapbox as a mom is I tell them, you be careful about the words you say to yourself and make sure it's positive. If you, And I do a funny thing. If, I, if they ever say anything negative about themselves, I will stop whatever's going on, and I say, you cancel that right now. And I make them do it. Like, they have to say out loud, cancel. Cancel. <laughs> and then I make them replace it with a positive statement about themselves because I want them to be aware. Because I think as women, we are so hard on ourselves. And again, this goes for guys, too. But I have girls, so that's what I'm yeah. focused on. Um, it, it, we are so 
hard on ourselves and we say, you know, oh, I'm overweight or I'm not athletic or I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm blah, blah, blah. And so if I catch them being negative, I want to teach them young to love themselves and be positive about themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, and so I bring it to their attention if they make that negative. And I've started doing it with not just my kids, but everyone. Yeah. <laughs> because I just think there's such power in words. Mm-hmm. And so let's speak positively to ourselves, you know, and that there's a huge amount of worth that comes from, if it comes from within, then why are we telling our, ourselves That's all true. these negative things? Well, and if you're, if so, you as an adult are, I could just see, you don't even need to teach your children that per se, as long as you just do it with yourself and catch yourself doing it, and then catch them doing it. So modeling this behavior of of talking more effectively and more positively with yourself, model it, and they'll see it. Then it's not like actually, yeah, about them, because, right? Yeah, and that was what my thing that I was going to say is the biggest thing that we can do, because it always comes back. You can't, you can't instill it in them. They have to have it within themselves. But if you... If I asked you, Matt, as a parent, what do you think is the biggest influence you have over your kids? Is it the words you say or is it what you do? Oh, it's always what I do. Because apparently yeah. my kids don't listen to my words. Exactly. But I, I don't guarantee understand. you that they follow. Oh, yeah. That they are watching and that they're going to follow your example. And so the biggest thing I think as a parent that we can do to help instill confidence in them is to work on it with ourselves. And because if we are confident and we are, you know, we have an inner worth and our kids see that, they're going to follow whatever you do to get that. They're going to do it and they're going to inherently have it automatically. And what better gifts can we give to our kids? Uh, Exactly. I mean, if you want healthy kids, children with self-esteem, model it. Mm -hmm. No, you know, then, then all of a sudden it's not this dream esteem. It's the real deal. You, your children see what healthy self-worth is like and the ability to catch your own negative thoughts and the ability to fail and try again. If they're seeing that in you, they'll, they'll just think that's normal. That's just how we do it. Yeah, and it just is second nature, and they don't have to learn it. It just is it's great. what they know. Yeah. Sarah Marie Gowans, you did it again. <laughs> you were closer that time. Am I? Not, not only are you running the blog at thehappygal.com. But you're I have also a secret plot to take it over. I know. It's very secret. <laughs> In fact, yeah, I talked to her. Jenny doesn't even know. So just keep it up. She doesn't? No. And well, yeah, she she would don't tell her Kate. I'm sure no. that she just won't ever hear it even though no. it's on the radio no. now. She'll no, no one will tell her. Uh, Sarah, I mean, yeah, Sarah, appreciate you and best in all you, best love luck in all you do and take care of those four girls. Thanks, Matt. I will. You're the best. Great advice today. Appreciate it. We're going to take a break. Thank you. And, uh, when we come back, we're going to be wrapping up the show quotes on personal worth. You know, I'm a quotaholic. Better to learn from all these smart people, right? We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend show. More right after this on Sirius XM. Welcome back, friends. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show, put the horse away, 
Let it dry off. You don't want to put it away wet. I had a horse story earlier today, but we didn't get to it. Didn't you? No, um, didn't we'll we? talk about it tomorrow. Okay. And there uh, again on the xylophone is James. Yep, on the xylophone. Uh, Alyssa's in the house. He just plays xylophone on the chains. Yeah. Yep. Alyssa, good good show. Great job. Alyssa's our, our newest member of the production team. She likes to be called Lissy. Oh, boy. We just made that up. What have we started? I don't know. You wait. Um, but, uh, by the way, Alyssa, not to make um, Maddie jealous, but James was smitten when you talked about his bling. Hmm. Guilty. Good. First impressions matter, right? Yep. <laughs> Yes, they do. Hey, okay, so here's some quotes. As we wrap up the show, we've been talking about self-worth, individual worth, how to, you know, not let the world decide who you are. So Alyssa's going to go first. Are you going first? Yeah, I'll go first. You really, you have one quote, so maybe we got to save yours for the big grand finale. Okay. Did you handpick that quote? I did. Okay. We're going to save Alyssa's. got more than one. Oh, okay. Just go then, Alyssa. Okay. She's got more than one. Okay. The first one is from my favorite movie of all time, Princess <gasps> Let me guess. Diaries. Okay. Oh, Princess I Diaries. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Princess Diaries. I thought I've it was Escape from Alcatraz. I was, I was going to no. guess Princess Diaries, yeah. actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I was, I was going for Ella Enchanted. Yeah, I was oh. going for Escape from Alcatraz. Uh, the irony, Alyssa, by the way, is that's, that is James's favorite show. That's why I was going to guess it first. So <laughs> Seriously. Princess Diaries. Favorite movie of all time. Okay. And it says, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Eleanor Roosevelt said that. That is on the movie. You quoted the movie. Actually, they quoted (laughs) Eleanor. No, 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 no. But Eleanor Roosevelt said that. That's what they say. Oh, see? Yeah. But it's from the movie. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot lot of us just like to cite the original source. Right. Okay. Okay. That's a great quote. Thank you. Nobody can make you feel what? Inferior. Inferior. Nobody. So it doesn't matter what I say about you guys on the air. You cannot feel inferior unless you choose (laughs) to feel inferior. That's my defense. There you go. Shawnee, do you have one? Yeah. It's from Elizabeth Gilbert. She said. Little House on the Prairie, Elizabeth Gilbert? No. No, that's Melissa that's Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert. Yeah. Yes. Never forget that once upon a time, in an unguarded moment, you recognized yourself as a friend. Wow. Wow. Inspiring. I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> Just slipped right over the PhD. You got didn't, another one, Sean? It, it didn't slip over my head. I, oh, did you I, get a I, doctor? I, yeah, I have a PhD. Mm-hmm. Doctor of yeah. Fashion? Yeah. We cannot think of being acceptable to others until we have first proven acceptable to ourselves. Love it. That's great. Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Are you serious? Yes. Do you guys hear a mouse? Yeah, I I, I have a pet mouse. Oh, there it goes. Yep. Oh, there it is. Hey, stop. We're going to go back to Alyssa. Okay. Alyssa, do you have one? Okay, try to beat the Malcolm X quote. That's a great quote. Okay, I have a good one, though. Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Who said that? My mother. Who did she quote when she said that? Her mother. Okay. I don't know. Who Dr. said that? Dr. Seuss said that. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. By the way, Dr. Seuss also uh, one of the, the highest, uh, most published child authors. And I can't remember, but a bunch of his books at first were never Accepted mm-hmm. to be published. Wow. Like, I think he submitted 10 different books to be published and none of them 
more accepted. See? Yeah, and I actually have a quote, too, about, about other people loving me or fearing me and such. Um, uh, or any of us. This applies to any of us. Okay, because I, I thought this is what somebody told you. When well, they the reason saw why I chose this was because I feel like it applies to myself. Anyway, so here's the quote Do I want to be feared or loved? Uh, easy. Both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> it's, in, it's a really deep, deep quote. Yeah. But you know what? It's very that. true about you because um, when I think of James Birdsall, I do feel fear. Of how much you love me. Well, just of the likelihood you're not going to make it through this life. Well, that shows how much you care. Exactly. You're afraid because you care so much. I care and I'm worried for you. Yeah. That was uh, Michael Scott, by the way. (laughs) I knew it. That was the greatest. (laughs) Uh By the way, Michael Scott is a poet. He is. And doesn't know it. Good. Anybody else have a quote? Yeah. Let's hear it. This is from Nick Sheff, who's an author. He said, as long as you look for someone else to validate who you are by seeking their approval, you are setting yourself up for disaster. You have to be whole and complete in yourself. No one can give you that. You have to know who you are. What others say is irrelevant. Wow. That's really good. I think I want to get in this game. All right. The quote game. Here's a quote by Wayne Dyer. You cannot be lonely if you like the person you're alone with. It's really good. I know. That's why I handed it to you. It's really good. <laughs> that is here's, a great quote. Here's another one for you. It is difficult to make a man miserable while he feels worthy of himself and claims kindred to the great God who made him. Who said that? That's what I was going to ask you. Take uh, a guess. Kindred to the great God who made him? Probably some uh, theologian? Nope. C.S. Lewis, then. No. Even though he's a theologian. Um, Former president. Oh, uh, Lincoln. Very good. Yeah. But he's borderline theologian. Okay. I thought he was a lawyer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Lawyers borderline. don't know God. <laughs> that's a great point. Lawyers don't know God. Um, good. Okay, let's give us another. You got one more over there, Alyssa? Yeah, I have one. We're having a quote fest, by the yes, way. Yes, we are. Just to update you, quote fest uh, 2014. Okay, so this last one, I don't know who said it, so we can just pretend. Let's make I one up. Let's make it? up a name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, believe in yourself so strongly that the world can't help but to believe in you too. Ooh. I like that one. That's really good. Yeah. See? Gosh. Uh, I think that was said by Oprah. Really? She said so much. She did. Um. I, I, we're all reading. We're like trying to get the grand finale. Okay, here's the deal. You each get one. James, give us one. Give us your best one. Wait, mine pro- mine's probably going to be the best, so I should probably go last. <laughs> yeah, we probably can't risk that. Okay. Um, Do you want to go? Okay, here's my favorite quote probably of all times. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Hmm. Teilhard de Chardin. That's good. Okay. Okay, beat that. Okay. I don't know if it'll beat it, but I have Maya Angelou. Okay. Oh, you're going to trump? Okay, with Maya. Let's tell the truth to people. When people ask, how are you, have the nerve sometimes to answer truthfully. You must know, however, that people will start avoiding you because they too have knees that pain them and heads that hurt, and they don't want to know about yours. 
But think of it this way. If people avoid you, you will have more time to meditate and do fine research on a cure for whatever truly afflicts you. (laughs) Great. See, Maya knows. Maya knows. Okay, James. Okay, I'll be honest. I can't (laughs) compete with that. But I got a pretty good one. Okay. Here we go. When your self-worth goes up, your net worth goes up with it. Mark Victor Hansen. See, that that's deep because if you if yeah. you yeah, if you it's, care about money, then you want to yeah. care about your self-worth. Seems kind of shallow. Well, no. Yeah. It seems shallow to me. Well, I mean a lot of things go. Anyway, we got to go. For for somebody that cares about bling, you know. Here's the final sh- quote. This is the grand finale that has something to do with very much what we've been talking about all day. I love you just the way you are. Jonathan Lockwood Huey. Can't remember. Can't see it. I love you just the way you are. Wouldn't that be great if we all just recognize we should love ourselves just the way we are? Everybody else could love us just the way we are. Wasn't that a song? I love you just the way you are. It is. Who who wrote the song? I don't know. Go look it up. We're out of here, folks. Thanks again. Again, we're back tomorrow. More fun. More ideas. More tools to help you get a leg up in this crazy thing called life. And more quotes. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. BYU Radio.